Welcome to I Don't Have My Shit Together, the podcast. My name is Georgia Fordyce and I'm here to show that I don't have my shit together so you don't have to either. So without further ado, let's get into the podcast and not have our shit together together. Hello, hello, hello everyone and welcome to my first guest interview episode. As you may have seen, I've actually dropped two episodes for this launch day today which was a last minute decision but I'm happy with it because I wanted to release an episode so you can really get to know me a little bit and why I'm starting this podcast but also to show you the kinds of guests I'm gonna have on. I have such an incredible first guest for you and I'm so excited. The conversation was so nice and just flowed so easily. I was personally a little bit like an excited an anxious puppy in this interview because it was my first interview (laughs) in a long time. Um, I mentioned in the other episode that I've had a podcast before. So I have, I have um, done this rodeo before or whatever the saying is, but it's been a long time and there's been a lot building up to this podcast and I've just been really excited. So yeah, I think like my energy was just like at 100 in the interview, but that's okay. Like I will calm down. I actually am a very calm person, very chill person. But um yeah, we're gonna we're gonna smooth things out as we go. And we also had a wee bit of technical difficulties where like there was a delay um in our conversation, which you know, it's just a classic and doesn't matter how much research you do and you try and find the best possible way to record um interviews online there's always things but it all takes a bit of ironing out and I have edited the shit out of the podcast so you won't know there's a delay so that's the most important thing and all the beautiful insights stories and vulnerable things that my guest shares is that's the important thing and I just know you're gonna love it so I'm gonna stop blabbing I hope that you enjoy the interview I'm so sure you will and here it is. I'm so excited to introduce my first ever guest onto the podcast. She is a singer-songwriter originally from Scotland whose self-proclaimed genre is depression with a hint of badass. She skyrocketed with her songs based around romance novels including It Ends With Us based on the Colleen Hoover novel of the same title, Stop Fighting It and the iconic Morally Grey and Duet version which both have multiple million streams. And I'm very lucky to say that she's also my beautiful cousin. But she looks more like my sister than my actual sister. <laughs> Please welcome to the podcast, April J. Yay. <laughs> how are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm very good. I'm a little nervous. First first podcast interview, but I'm good. I'm good. I'm so excited. I didn't actually realize I was the first um, guest. So I'm very excited about this. Yeah, you are. And you deserve to be. (laughs) Thank you for having me. So how is 2024 treating you so far? Uh, It's been a roller coaster so far. Um, It started off really chill, obviously, because Christmas and New Year time is really chill. And then I got straight back to work and I was like, let's go, let's get this. And then I got um, COVID. 
um, when I went home. You got COVID this year? I did, yeah. I, ju- I literally am just, oh just okay again. Um, I got COVID when I went home to Belgium to see my mum to get some um, artwork done for my next single. And I was there for about two days and then she gave me COVID. Yeah. How many times have you had COVID now? It's my, that was my fifth time. Oh my God. (laughs) I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm so susceptible to it. Um, Maybe it's because I'm constantly at gigs and around other people. But yeah, it was, it was, it was a rough one as well this time. Um, Mm. But yeah, now I'm straight back to work. Have you never, never, ever had it? Mm -mm. Well, I don't think so. Every time I've like been sick or did a test, I was like, no. You're so lucky. But yeah, but you're all good now. Yes, I'm literally just getting my cough like cleared up and just getting better. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we haven't even finished. Well, we've nearly finished January now. The day this comes out is the last day of January. Nice. So you know, this is January is like the warm up. That's yeah, it's it's one of those things. I could look at this as like a really shit month, but I'm just like not gonna look at it that way. No, I feel like everyone was posting like their. You know how people do posting one a day for 30 days or whatever. Yeah. People were starting it on the 1st of January. I thought, oh no, I haven't even like sat and like thought about my goals yet. Like <laughs> I need to like, need some time. Yeah. I definitely have <laughs> thought of goals. That's something um, I do the very first week of January is I always sit down and I make like a, a list. So I definitely did that. Um, and I've already been able to tick a few off, which is oh, amazing. amazing. But yeah, the last few weeks was a bit rough, so I'm trying not to focus on those too much. No, I mean, if you've if you've already hit some goals and we're not even finished January, then I know. you're smashing it. Thanks. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to have you on the podcast is obviously because I think you're amazing. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I'm the proudest we cuz. <laughs> um, but also, like, I know... Well, I know a lot of your story. I probably don't even know it all. Mm -hmm. But, like, I know how hard you've worked for a long time. And, I mean, you even share openly, like, your own journey with mental health Mm -hmm. um, along that way. But also, like, if people just discovered you now, then I feel like they wouldn't know how hard you've been working. And they might think, like, oh, she just released a song and she's, like, blown up. Yeah. Like, I know more of the backstory. So... If you were to summarize the backstory of like your songwriting journey, what would it be? Oh, um, I think I had quite a rough start, maybe not just with songwriting, just generally in life. Um, so I think a lot of my struggles in the beginning were, I mean, like any songwriter finding my sound. If anybody goes and listens to my back catalog, it's like night and day. Um, from what I release and right now it's like so different Um, but not just that I think it's just I was a very depressed and very anxious um, kid and teenager and even like early early 20s like I took a lot of that with me so I think it was always a bit of a struggle and a bit of a slog and I had really low self-esteem, um, really low self-belief. Um, I mean, I still like persevered and like, you know, I didn't give up or anything, which I'm really proud of. But I think now I have a slightly easier time just picking myself up when 
you know, things don't maybe go the way I wanted them to go or the way I saw them going, um, which I didn't used to have that at all. So I think those are the main differences. Mainly, I just think I'm a very different person, which obviously has changed my music style a little bit and the way I like, you know, go for my goals. But yeah. Yeah, like you said, like you started off like a very different style to give people mm-hmm. like a insight. Like your first <laughs> style was like very country. Would you say that? Yes. Yeah, very, very country pop. Yeah. And then, which was beautiful. It was amazing. Thanks. And then you did a shift into like sad so- Well, the country was a wee bit sad. But yeah. then like sad songs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And then that was your tagline sad songs are my entire personality yeah which I'm which they with. definitely still are i love a good sad song yeah i mean like adele's made a career out of sad songs so. yeah absolutely and then we'll talk about it but now you're in your spicy era era mm-hmm. which i'm obsessed with yeah i love a good spicy song um but going back a bit you were saying you were saying a little bit about your mental health and like how do you feel like not to say it, it goes away, but how do you feel like you managed to kind of come through the other side and do you feel like that correlates with like how things are going in your career now or how do you, how would you describe that? Um, I definitely think it has a huge, huge impact on how successful I've been um, over the last like year or year and a half. Um, I don't think I probably could have been as successful having the mindset I used to have. Um, I think the mindset I used to have, even though I was like, I was clinically depressed, like sometimes I think there's nothing you can do about it um, to a certain extent. So I don't blame myself for being that way. Um, but I do definitely think that it's it's catapulted like my career um, forward, having that more like positive mindset now. Mm-hmm. And how did that like shift begin to happen for you? I actually get asked that question so much. Um, and it's so it's funny because I also get asked that question in like an advice way. Like people wanting advice, they're like, Oh, how did you how did you get out of it? Like how did you how did you make this happen? And it's weird, like I'm not a gatekeeper or anything. Like if I had a magical cure, I would hundred percent tell people like what it is because when I say like I was a depressed kid, like I I spent I've spent my majority of my life being depressed. So if I had that like miracle cure, I would 100% want to help people. But I just think it was, it's something that you have to, you have to work through yourself and only you are the person that can change that for you. Um, And I think when COVID hit and like 2020 and stuff like that, like I have proper like black spots of that time of my life. Like I can't remember like months of my life because I was that sad um and I think I just like hit rock bottom and I always say this this is the weirdest thing and you know believe what you want to believe and stuff like that but I had a dream one night um and I woke up from it and I swear I was just like a completely different person but I had a dream and I was like it was almost like it was like the my future self and it was a really lucid dream and it felt like really real um and I was just like doing all the things I've always wanted to do. I was living the life I wanted to live. And I woke up from that dream and I swear I was like a little bit of a changed person and everything after that just got better. So like for me, that was the thing that changed most for me. 
but I mean obviously believe what you want to believe but I think for me that was the biggest thing that was so different is like I actually believed I could do it yeah oh that's so nice um what was I gonna say I had a good question (laughs) off the top of my head um oh like from the outside like I didn't see you like so often Mm -hmm. over the years because we lived far apart and Mm -hmm. stuff like that but like I definitely didn't know the struggles you were going through Mm. like I can I can feel such a difference in your energy now it's like now it's so apparent yeah but at that time like I just thought maybe you were a bit blunt (laughs) which or like to the point as a person you know I'm still kind of like that a little bit (laughs) yeah and we love you for it and I can I can definitely be that way as well my friends would definitely say that about me (laughs) but like I yeah I would never have known like really what you were feeling Mm -hmm. and do you feel like that's something you did try to like not hide from the outside world but conceal a little bit I think it wasn't a conscious decision, but I think, like you were saying, it became such a a big part of my personality and not just the way other people identified me, but I identified myself as that. I identified myself as that pessimistic, sad, slightly cynical girl, and I literally made it my entire personality. Um, so I think for other people seeing that on the outside, they're just like, yeah, that's just April. She's blunt. She's to the point, which by the way, I love bluntness as a personality trait. Um, it's something that I know a lot of people don't like, but I, I like it. Um, which is really controversial, but it is what it is. Um, I don't like bullshitting at all, even in like a happy way and a sad way. I just, I don't like bullshit and I just like to be straight to the point. Um, But yeah, I think that sad part of me just became my personality. And again, it's like, I think I look back at my childhood and I'm like, I see a very clear time when I became that sad girl. And it was really early on in my my childhood. So it just became my personality. So I think other people not seeing the depth of how bad my mental health was is not their fault. And it's also not mine. It's just, it just was who I was yeah okay so finally on that point is there any advice that you would give to your that past version of yourself knowing what you know now and being where you are now oh um there's advice I would give to like other people who are in it right now but I don't really I don't really believe in like giving your past self advice because I feel like I am who I am and I've gone through what I've gone through for reasons um whether that's to help other people or whether that was just my journey um I mean I would tell my like younger self that you know it's all gonna work out um and you will be happy again which I think she would be very pleased to hear (laughs) um but advice I would give a lot of advice to other people and mainly it's just finding ways to help yourself when you're in that sad moment because even now, like when I get like sad or like I have like a sad period, like when I'm ill, I get really sad. And it's like, I, I put a lot of my like identity into like doing stuff. So when I'm ill and I can't do anything, I'm honestly a nightmare. Um, but just finding ways to like, you know, 
lift your spirits, whether that's journaling, getting out in nature, exercising, you know, it's all those cliche things, but like those cliche things really do work. Um, if I don't journal for a few weeks, I really do feel it. Um, same with like not going to the gym and stuff. If I don't go for a few weeks because I've like been ill or something, I definitely, definitely feel it. Um, so yeah, like, but that can look different for you in any way. Like just always finding ways that when you are going through a little dip, like, oh, how do I get myself like out of that? Or even if it's like just getting a little treat or something or, you know, little ways to find like little pockets of joy, um, I think is really important when you're like having a sad moment. Mm. it's so true that like you almost disregard the like simple things because you hear them all the time like yeah yeah journaling and shit Mm -hmm. but then you do it and you're like yeah for fuck's sake of course that makes me feel better it sounds like such stupid things as well like people are like drink water like but like there's a reason they're so simple it's because those things work mainly for everyone like obviously there's things that are really like specific to you but there's th- these things work for everyone for a reason so mm-hmm. and like I wouldn't say I've specifically struggled with mental health but of course everyone has moments that they mm-hmm. feel low or whatever and for me the thing that's really worked in that time is exercise and yeah. then you're like even if even if you don't want to literally moving your body is even scientifically putting good chemicals in your body and it's Absolutely. like yeah duh of course you're gonna feel better mm-hmm. <laughs> even if you don't feel like it as well like sometimes pushing yourself to do it is like super important mm-hmm. and what you were saying about like you wouldn't be where you are now if you didn't like go through the exact process that you have like I totally understand that also um it's probably going to come up a lot on this podcast but for me the stopping drinking was like such a big thing for me but I stopped I tried to stop like so many times before but it didn't work Mm -hmm. but I knew I wasn't ready like looking back I just wasn't in the right headspace to stop those times so like I never regret not stopping earlier thinking oh I wish I could tell myself blah 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 because I had to have the exact experiences to finally make it stick yeah absolutely and all of that comes in at its own time as well it's the same like with me like being happier like being a happier person it all happens at that exact time for you and like people can tell you hey by the way you should stop drinking like it's going to make you feel so much better or it's going to like be amazing for you loads of people can tell you that but until you actually decide to do it yourself you're not going to do it and you are also you're a Oh, pretty much lifelong sober queen. I'm a sober girly, yes. <laughs> have been for a very long yeah. time. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. it's one of those things that I just, yeah. We we have a lot of people in the family who drink a lot. So it's one of those things that I never wanted to go down that journey, especially being in the creative industries and stuff. Like drugs, alcohol, they're everywhere. So it's not really something I ever wanted to go down because I have I have that that numbing personality so like obviously being like a really sad person I have that like oh let's just take this to numb and I think that's the worst thing you can do so giving up drinking was like a really really easy decision for me yeah and it's so good you've Mm -hmm. definitely been an inspiration for me oh thank you it actually doesn't surprise me though that you don't drink at all because I remember like when you were like uh not like a teenager but like you know early on in your 20s and stuff I remember you saying like you don't like love drinking and you don't like love being around that kind of thing so it doesn't surprise me that you don't drink anymore 
Yeah. I mean, I think it surprised a lot of people because I was a bit mental. But <laughs> yeah, right from when I was like 17, yeah, I started and I was thinking, mm, I don't think I like this, but I had to carry on till I was 25 to like, yeah. you know, really, really make it stick. Mm-hmm. So, but anywho, so we said you did country style to start with and then you went into your like sad song era, which mm-hmm. is still, you know, ongoing. Yeah. But then it did feel like a massive shift when you went to your spicy area. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, who is this April <laughs> and where did she come from? But I fucking love it. Yes. And it feels like you just like have followed your intuition with what felt right for you in each moment. And mm-hmm. ultimately it's worked so well, but I'm sure it wasn't easy. Mm-hmm. So like, did it feel like a risk going into this kind of genre? And could you ever have expected the reaction you've had? Uh, I mean, no, I could not have expected the reaction. I know, I think sometimes I have songs where I'm like, yeah, I think this will do well. And then it does like slightly well. And you're like, yeah, okay, I could see that. And I definitely thought that with Morally Grey, I was like, yeah, I think this will do pretty well. Like I can see people like at least on TikTok, like loving this, but I definitely didn't, didn't expect like, you know all the things that have happened since um but as you said it was like it was actually really slow progressive like movement towards this like and because like I've been like an independent artist this whole time and like when I say an independent artist I mean the team is me and my boyfriend who produces my music and that's like literally it and then (laughs) everyone else who like we are the team yeah we are the team um it's been a very very small DIY process this entire time um so I've not really had anybody to like answer to um it felt like for me just a really really slow progression to like the kind of music I'm making now the country pop era and this era isn't like there isn't like a clear cut down the middle I think like between like I'd say maybe I've got a song called just as much your fault as mine maybe like that for me is like the time where I'm like blending the country into like the more pop that I do now and then slowly but surely I think I have morphed more into that like alt pop um style which definitely right now feels most like me um but yeah, I think Stop Fighting It when that came out, that was obviously like my first like spicier song. Um, and I think it was a little bit of a shock for people. But I mean, I just wrote what I wanted to write. Like, honestly, like I wrote what I wanted to write. I released what I want to release. Um, you know, I'm happy that it resonates with some people. But, you know, some songs won't always do super well. Um, but it doesn't mean I'm not proud of them. Like I had a song called You Didn't Notice um release in the summer and it didn't do as well as like some of my other ones but I'm so proud of that song and I love that song and when I perform it live other people love it because I think they know more about what it's about um but yeah I think I just I yeah I make what I want to make really that's that's it (laughs) yeah it's like it's almost that um push and pull where because you've been completely independent like you've got to do whatever the fuck you wanted and Mm -hmm. write whatever you want with like nobody telling you what to do but it's also I'm sure been like so much work oh yeah you and for Ali and like I just love when I see the the photos of you under a hundred (laughs) blankets recording your back and vocals (laughs) yeah 
I know. And to this day, this is still how we do it. <laughs> it's amazing. And I love yeah. it. Um, for me, like, if I want to do something big or like get to the next level or something, like something that I'm literally working on right now is the challenge for me is being able to view myself as that future version who's already done the thing and mm-hmm. embody that, not embody like where I am right now because then I'm just doing things, but like riddled with self-doubt. But if I can get myself in that, like the version of me that's already done it, then I feel like so much better doing the things. Mm. And so I guess I was wondering if that's something, you said you did visualize and like Mm. had a dream um, of yourself that was doing all those things. So is that something you did? And like when the moment came and like morally gray blew up Mm -hmm. do you feel like it felt natural like you were ready for it like I've been ready for this coming or was it like really crazy and you had like oh my god what's going on (laughs) um yeah I'm a huge visualizer um and not even just that like I have like little things I do like every single day um so like I could literally list them like one of the things that has really changed a lot for me is something that Mel Robbins um who I absolutely adore um taught like shouldn't teach me but like it's something I heard from her is the high-fiving yourself in the mirror so I do that every single day Mm -hmm. um it just feels like a little like pat on the back like you're doing well especially when you have a tiny team I don't have any yes men around me I don't have any hype people around me so I think hyping yourself up is the main thing and then it's so true, and that takes a lot of energy. You know, mm-hmm, it when does. You don't have yeah. People saying, "Yes, you're doing great." You have to keep telling yourself, "I know it's gonna work <laughs> out." Like I know I'm doing the right thing. Absolutely, you have to be your biggest cheerleader as well. Like I think, like mm-hmm. it's the most important thing. It's obviously great to have people, you know, in your corner and stuff. But if you're not your biggest cheerleader, then you probably won't get as far. You know. Um, but yeah, other things I do is like in the mornings like the very I, I've I've like done a lot of research on like the way your brain is in the morning and like how susceptible it is to like changing those like limiting beliefs which has been one of the things that has taken like the longest for me is just changing those core like beliefs about myself so like the first thing I do every single morning is say affirmations to myself and like these have changed over the time and stuff but like right now I'm like today's a good day that's the very first thing I say is like not today will be a good day like no today is a good day and then other things I do is like every single day of January a miracle happens to me or like miracles are happening to me every single day and like you will then go through your day and find those miracles whether they're like tiny little things or whether they're huge things like though that's been like the biggest change for me um and then visualizing is a massive thing for me. I do a lot of like scripting, um, which is just like, you know, speaking in the present tense, but like as your future self, like I do a lot of that, um, especially around like moon cycles and stuff like that. I'm a, I'm a very spiritual person now. So like, I'll just script basically like a little like scene to myself. And like, I did a little like a couple days ago I was like having like a little sad moment because I was ill and I wasn't able to do very much um and Ali was like look take a second Ali's my boyfriend for anybody listening (laughs) um but yeah I was he was like take a moment and like look at your journal entries from this year and just like like just see how far you've come like see all the things you've done 
so I did that I journaled first and then I went through the whole thing and I was like looking back and there was a little scripting session right before Morley Gray came out that I literally said like you know this is going to go viral this is the one is going to change your entire life you know labels are going to come everybody's going to come out of the woodwork and shit is going to happen and it's going to snowball really fast um and yeah looking at that it's just it's so nice because that did happen so um it doesn't always happen that way but it is really nice to look at you know I believed it and it happened doesn't mean I wasn't super overwhelmed when it did happen um but Mm -hmm. I I did feel ready and I am ready like it is it's something that I've wanted for a really long time so I do I do feel ready I feel overwhelmed but I do feel very ready yeah no definitely it's like you said like there's been so much work going on like up until this point Mm -hmm. that maybe this is all people see now but there's been a lot leading up to this oh absolutely and you also answered another question that I was gonna say like (laughs) sorry I talk a lot (laughs) no I love it (laughs) you're like answering my questions before I even um say them like because the whole point of this podcast is that people don't have their shit together like Mm -hmm. 100% of the time and even if like success starts to come or like on the outside it looks like everything's rosy like there's always things or even just days that are like harder than the next but Mm -hmm. you've just given such a good example of of a time when you did feel a bit crap and like what you've done to come out of that so it's so nice to hear it still happens obviously a lot like you know I have dip moments all the time um I just try not to get too like scared of them because I used to be really really scared of them just because I didn't ever want to like go back into like a prolonged period of sadness but I am think I'm getting slightly better at like you know compartmentalizing it and being like it's just a moment Mm -hmm. so as I've said morally great absolutely popped off (laughs) um there's actually like such an amazing moment for me as your cousin yeah (laughs) that like I went to see um the charity gig you did with Mm -hmm. our other friend Rachel love her and you started morally great and I was sitting with my other friend Drew and they said to me, wait, is this her song? And I was <laughs> thinking that they were being stupid. And I, I was thinking, she just said it's her song. So I said, yeah, it's her fucking song. Yeah. Why do you think she's singing it? <laughs> and then they said to me, but I've heard this on TikTok. I didn't know this was her song. And I was like, yeah, it's her song. <laughs> and then I got like so buzzing. Like absolute fangirl moment. The first time that happened to me was insane as well. It happened to me when um, when I did my Edinburgh headline show. A girl behind, the, like I sound checked with that song and a girl behind the bar was like, oh my God, is that your song? I was like, yeah. She's like, I've heard that all over TikTok. And it like, I was like, so, so happy in that moment. Um, and it's happened a few times since as well. And it's honestly just like the best feeling. Literally must be the best feeling ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my last questions is, now that like that's happened is there pressure on artists to produce like the next big hit like do you feel that pressure or have you are you already finding ways to like combat that to like allow your creativity or how is that um so when people at first ask me that question because obviously once you have like some kind of success it is the question you get asked first (laughs) um I I said no I was like no I've got the next song I know what the next song is going to be I'm super proud of it I'm super happy with it and no I don't feel any pressure but now I feel pressure um 
now that we're getting to like you know there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff happening that obviously like I can't really talk about like completely um but just like industry wise yeah I think there is a little bit of pressure you know like what if this one's not as successful as the last one and you know what if like it doesn't hit as well and you know there is obviously that that like slight pressure but I always think like you know one everybody has to have a biggest song you know at some point somebody is you're gonna have your biggest song um not that I'm saying Morley Grey will always like be my biggest song but like you know I'm okay if if it's my biggest song for now and stuff like that so um I don't think it has to necessarily super like supersede Morley Grey obviously I would love if it did um and I'm super proud of it and I think people will really will love it um but yeah there is there's there's that there's that slight pressure especially when I'm like pretty close to teasing it which I don't know maybe by the time this podcast is out I'll have start started teasing it but yeah there's definitely that pressure I'm buzzing I can't wait to hear thank you I will be as always the number one fan and like you have so many people like on your side now and we're all gonna love it no matter what it is thank you so yeah and like you said like all you can do is stay true to you and that's worked so far and that's yeah. what I imagine you'll continue to do yeah so um what advice would you give anyone particularly in the creative creative industry but it can be just generally any industry as well who is like waiting for I, I don't even want to say big break but you know what I mean like that moment that they think oh, okay like this hard work is paying off like is there any advice you would give um I mean, for me, like, as you said, it's taken me a long time to get here. So I think the main thing and the main advice I give to anybody ever is don't give up unless what you're doing no longer lights you up inside. Um, If you're not having fun with it, if you don't love it anymore, then there's nothing wrong with giving up if you don't love it anymore. There's nothing wrong with finding a different passion or anything like that, like, pivoting your career there's nothing wrong with that but if you absolutely do love it and it's just you know you have those gutted moments where like you get rejected from something or you know you don't get an opportunity that you that you thought you were going to get or that you'd be perfect for like those are the moments you have to pick yourself up from and you just have to keep going because I feel like the last mile of that marathon is like the quietest because everybody's given up already so like you could be so close and like the funny thing is is right before Morley Gray came out me and Ali were like man I really just don't know how much longer like I can keep releasing this and like you know I don't have like a muggle job on the side of this so like music is all I do so we were both a bit like you know I'm not sure how long how much longer we can sustain this but like if we'd given up right before like Morley Gray came out, then I wouldn't have all the success I have right now. So you don't know when that next moment is that's, you know, going to happen for you. So not giving up seems like such a simple thing to say. But it, for me, I just think it's the most important thing. Mm-hmm. I literally watched a TikTok. I think it was last night saying mm-hmm. that exact thing. Like, what if you just did one more hour, like one mm-hmm. more song, one more whatever it is, like that, what if I told you that's the one, then yeah. you would just keep going if you're like, okay. And it's yeah, exci- it makes it exciting nice. as well. It's like, oh man, it's, the, it's this one, it's this next one, like, or like it's this next decision or this next audition or, you know, it's, it makes it exciting. It makes you go into that room with like a different energy 
Um, and yeah, also just being your biggest cheerleader, like, you know, hyping yourself up. You're the only person that knows all the struggles and all the shit you've gone through. Um, so yeah, being your biggest cheerleader is, is the most important thing, I think. Absolutely. Okay, one question I'm going to ask every guest at the end. Mm-hmm. I love when podcasts do this. <laughs> <laughs> is what is one way that you don't have your shit together? And I'll go first. Mm-hmm. So mine this week is, this is something I'm really embarrassed about. And it's quite small, but it plays on my mind to like really like show that I don't have my shit together. Is I've had the same gel on my toes since August and I'm just letting them grow out until I can keep cutting it off because I can't be asked to go get it removed or yeah. to remove it myself <laughs> so that's mine I absolutely love that um oh man I'm trying to think which makes it makes it seem like I do have my shit together but I don't like I just I'm trying to think but I've put you on the spot I know you have um I think for me, the main way that I, and this is something I'm working toward, like working with, so like it's always this answer probably, is just like my to-do list and like having like things that I need to do, but I don't write them down. So like I forget them. It's like, you know, things that somebody asks you to do or like, you know, you got to like renew your passport or like just things like that. Like if I don't write them down, like I'm just like, I never, ever remember them. And then you get to that day where that person's like, oh, did you do this? And you're like, fuck, no, I didn't do that. So that's a way I don't have my shit together is I am still working on that part of me that actually writes the lists and, you know, (laughs) does all the things. Yeah. Whenever you say the word passport, I get absolutely triggered. Oh, I know. (laughs) I just had to renew my passport, so. (laughs) Oh, my God. When I was um, young and... um possibly underage (laughs) and um I wanted to go out I would use April's passport and then one time I got it taken off me and I was devastated because I um got my cousin's passport taken off me (laughs) that was a tragic tale yeah tragic tragic that was where looking like twins um really did pay off Mm -hmm. okay thank you so so much April for taking the time to come on the podcast and be my first ever guest I thanks really for having me i'm so, so excited for this to come out <laughs> thank you so much i'm so proud of you as well thank you and i can't wait to see what you do next we all can't wait to see and you really deserve all the success you're having and more so i'm so happy thank for you. you so please tell everyone where they can find you and your music and all the things yeah um everything is under april j or april j music and that's J-A-I, not J-A-Y, which I think a lot of people get wrong. <laughs> I always say I have the weirdest mum because everybody either mispronounce it as Jai or they just like spell it with a Y instead. So it's J-A-I. And yeah. I can't wait till you're like in America and they're like, April Jai. Yeah, it's ha- it happens a lot. Honestly, it happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Amazing. And then of course, all your music is on... Yeah, Spotify, Apple Music, um, honestly, wherever you listen to music, my music is on there. And I have a new song coming out next month, so. Oh, how exciting. I know. I can't tell you when, but it is coming out next month. (laughs) Okay, it's a secret. We will be waiting with bated breath. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, thank you so much, April. 
Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. Don't forget to follow the show on TikTok and Instagram at Don't Have My Shit Podcast. And if you loved the episode, it would mean the world to me if you could share a wee post on your story or share it with friends you think will love it too. If you feel so inclined, a review would also make me the happiest gal in the world. But most importantly, thank you for being here and I'll see you next week. <laughs>